Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Amen. Praise God. On Valentine's night, I know who your true love is. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. What an opportunity for us to be in the house of the Lord on Valentine's Day. Amen. And all we have to do is just be obedient to the Lord and to our wives. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Well, Pastor Blake is gone tonight. He's, he's off um, celebrating his anniversary. And uh, let's be praying for Carla. She's not feeling well, but um, let's just be lifting them up in prayer. Amen. I get the opportunity to minister tonight. It's always a privilege. I'm so grateful for this opportunity to minister. Hallelujah. How many are excited for the Word of God tonight? Amen. Praise God. I want to challenge us tonight. For just a few moments, I promise not to preach longer than three or four hours. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. I won't do that. I promise that, okay? Well, I'm going to title this message tonight. If you're taking notes, it's very important that you have a notebook and write down some notes. And, you know, we come to church to grow, amen? We come to church for our spiritual growth and uh, write these notes down. Take, Take notes, good notes. Bring a Bible. Get into the Word of God and apply it to your life every single day, amen? This Word will will last with us. I believe it's, it's touched me, and I know it'll touch you. I want to minister tonight on having a sound mind and self-control. Amen? How many know that we need a sound mind, and we definitely need some self-control in our lives? Amen? You know, the Bible is pretty interesting. I'm going to start off by reading a couple of scriptures. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 16, it says this. It says, He who keeps the commandments keeps his soul, but he who is careless of his ways will die. You know, now if we think of this scripture, if we take a minute and just, you know, apply this scripture to life, he who keeps the commandments of God, he who obeys the laws of God, the the, the promises of God, and the things that God says to us, how we are to orchestrate our lives on a daily basis, when we keep those commandments of God, he he says, we'll be blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. He says, but he who is careless of his ways will die. And, you know, this is talking about a very spiritual death, and it's also not just a spiritual death, but it can lead us down the wrong pathway. Amen? I get a lot of people ask me questions like, you know, why are we not allowed to drink? Why are we not allowed to smoke? Why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? Well, you know, I'm going to just stand up here, and I'm going to tell you the truth tonight. You You know, I already told you once, if God wanted you to smoke, he'd have made you a chimney. Hallelujah. That's Pastor Jones's line. I can't, I can't take credit for it. He said it years ago, and he still says it almost every time I see him. But if God wanted us to smoke, he would have made us a chimney. Amen? But there are some things in our lives where, you know, we compromise. And Holy Ghost has taken me somewhere else already. Praise God. I'll tell you what. This is going to be a fun one tonight. Amen? But I tell you, it's very important, I think, that we understand what I'm talking about tonight. This is not my word, but this is God's word. God says, obey my laws, obey my commandments, obey, you know, we don't just give our lives to Jesus and live our lives the way we want to live them. Amen? We can't just say, Lord, I have a, I have a, a license to sin. Uh, you know, God, I gave you my life, but I'm going to do things my way because, you know, my life is comfortable. That's not how God operates. God has commandments. He says, you know what, if you don't take care of yourself and do things my way, then you're in a lot of trouble. But back to the drinking thing, you know, I don't drink, and, and we don't drink in this church. We, we teach not to drink. 
Matter of fact, we tell you, you know what? It, it, it's, uh, people say, well, if I have a drink, it's not going to send me to hell. They say, well, I can stay home and have church. Well, all those things are true, maybe. But let me tell you something. Why in the world would a child of God want to open the door to what the world desires so badly? Why can't we take a stance against uh, the things of this world? And I understand we drink Coca-Cola, we eat meat, we do this, we do that. Lots of things that can harm us and damage us. Amen? But we have to be strong. We have to be understanding to know that God is going somewhere with our lives. We don't open those doors. I guarantee you, if my kids would have seen me coming out of a bar, man, I'll tell you what, the crime rate would have gone up in every city we've ever lived in. Amen? I'm, I want to be the example to my children. But more than just being an example to my family and, and to you as a pastor here in this church, uh, I want God to be pleased with me. I want God to know that he set his commandments uh, and he set his promises down and that I am smart enough to follow those things. I've known too many people throughout the years where, you know, they play games with God and they come to church and they leave and they come back to church and come to church and come to church and then all of a sudden something happens in their life. We don't want that to happen to anybody. We're not up here cursing people and wanting you to go through a hard time so that you can wake up in your life. No, we want you to make right decisions. And the power of God's word is right here in Proverbs 19. He says, you obey my laws. I will love you. I will help you. I'll encourage you. I'll strengthen you. I'll lift you up. But when you, when you make the decision and the choice to turn away from God's will, he says, but he who is careless in his ways, he will die. That means we lose everything that we have. That means our marriages fall apart. That means our, our, our homes fall apart and our children go through trials and tribulations all because we are so stubborn we will not listen to God's word. Third John, verse 2, it's, it's only one chapter there. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So he, he, God wants us to have a prosperous life. God wants you to be blessed. God wants you to have everything and the desires of your heart as long as they line up with the desires that he has for us. Is they have to line up with his plan. So tonight I'm talking about self-discipline. And I got the title of this message based on what the definition of self-discipline is. It's a call to soundness of mind and self-control. That's what it is. Other words used to describe self-discipline or, or the lack of it is, is, is temperance, self-control, laxy-daisiness. I know none of us battle with any of these things in our lives. Lazy spirit, putting things off, procrastination. I'm telling you, denying ourselves. I mean, we can get deeper and deeper in this, in this definition here, but these are things that we have such hard times in our life to deny ourselves. We call fast and we can't even put a cheeseburger aside. Don't shout me down tonight. I know it's good, but, you know, I mean, the truth of the matter is, uh, you know, it's, it's more than just waking up in a 12-hour fast. Had a lady in Costa Rica. Many people come to me and they say, Pastor, I've been fasting all night. I said, well, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. We're in church. You, you haven't had time to eat this morning yet. Well, you know, Pastor, I didn't eat since 10 o'clock last night. I said, well, didn't you go to bed at 10 o'clock last night? That is not what fasting is. Fasting is making a decision and, and putting some things aside, putting our flesh aside and saying, you know what, God, I'm going to make a, a decision, a strong decision, and say, Lord, I'm going to follow what your word says. I need to be disciplined in my life. Praise God. 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That means self-control. That's what that is right there. It's talking about having self-control in our lives. 
I want God's, uh, clear, I want a clear mind. I want to think the way God thinks, amen? I want to make decisions based on what God is saying to me, and I want to walk that way, and I want to make him proud. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. These are, these are the fruits of the Spirit. And, and, and in verse 23, it says, gentleness, self-control, against such there is no law. So once we uh, uh, go against these things and we rebel against these things, uh, he says there's no law. There's no, there, there's, it, it's, there's no self-control in your life. Amen? And, and I don't want that. 2 Timothy 3.1, it says, But know this, uh, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, uh, blasphemers, uh, disobedient to parents. I know we don't have any of that in this place. And I'm not just looking at the young people. I see some adults that are very disrespectful to their parents in the church. Amen? But this is talking directly to us. It says, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers. How many know what slander is? Slander is when you're talking about somebody, and, and you know, it's, it's partly true what you're saying, but it's none of the other person's business what you're saying. Amen? You're talking about them in a way to make them look bad, even though the story kind of is right. But that's what slander is. Amen? So it says unvo- uh, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Oh, God, have mercy on us. Verse 5 says, having a form of godliness, but denying his power. Did you understand what that said? Having a form of godliness, but denying his power, and from such people turn away. What a powerful scripture that is for us to understand that, you know what, we have to follow God's rules. We have to follow the desires that God has for our life so that we can walk with peace, so that we can have self-control in our own lives, so that we're not making a fool of ourselves on a daily basis. And I'm number one to say that God has to help me every single day. You know, during this fast, I, one of the things that I dealt with, along with, you know, the fasting food and all the different things that, that I was doing, this right here, this is why I'm preaching this message tonight, is because I asked God to give me self-control. Amen? You say, well, what are you lacking? What, what, why, why do you need God to help you with, with self-control? Well, I'll tell you why, because I love confrontation at times. Amen? I'll say I loved it because now God has delivered me from it. Hallelujah. There's nothing wrong with being confrontational. There's nothing wrong with being strong. There's nothing wrong with being aggressive in the things of God. There's nothing wrong with being powerful with God's word. But we have to learn to be able to love people at the same time. And I asked God the whole fast. I said, God, please help me. And God, you would not believe this, but God put me in situations and different scenarios on a daily basis where I really had to have control of my life. Where I had to say, okay, God, I don't know if this is pleasing to you. Matter of fact, even yesterday, I'm driving down the street, and, and Pastor Jones came to town. He was visiting us for a couple days, and, and we're driving down the road. And I wanted to say something to some guy driving this big old truck next to me, and God really helped me. And it wasn't that I didn't want to say it because Pastor Jones was there, because he'd say it before I would. Amen? But I had self-control, and I was so proud. I stopped in that moment, and I told Dad, I, said, I told Pastor Jones, I said, listen, I said, you won't believe this, but I just, God just helped me with my self-control. 
He's like, praise God. And then, of course, I got a sermon after that. Amen. We're driving down the street, and he talked to me about self-control and how we got to be nice to people and love people. And I was just so encouraged, amen, because it is a confirmation to what God is dealing with me in my own life. It's a confirmation showing me that God cares even about the little things in life. Hallelujah. You see, a true sign of a Christian and a disciple of Jesus Christ is to have a disciplined life. Amen. It's not so much church attendance. Of course, that has a lot to do with being disciplined in your walk with God and reading your Bible and all these different things that go on. But to be a person of self-control, Jesus used the term, he said, deny, denying ourself. He used that term. We just read it. And in other words, we cannot do anything or say anything or have anything in life that we want. We cannot live a life of no restraint. Amen. How many can be honest today and say there's times where you need a little more restraint, where you need God to help you? Maybe it's in the middle of a, an argument with your wife or you're, you're dealing with your kids about something. And, and you know, I, I love to sit down and talk with my kids about scenarios and different situations in their life. And it's so encouraging to hear them say, you know, I stopped and I thought about what I was saying before I did it. And it's just something that we do on a daily basis to please God. Hallelujah. Galatians 5, 24 says this. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and his desires. Hallelujah. That means now our passions and our desires line up with what God's word says instead of how we want to react or how we want to just control everything in our own lives. Amen. So when we are talking about self-discipline and self-control, we're talking about being able to control what we do in our everyday actions, what we say, and what we're thinking. How many know that the mind is the battleground? And it's a place where the devil can play, and, and everything in your life could be doing, it could be an amazing day, and things could be going good, but the devil has planted a seed in your mind that has caused you to think, well, maybe they don't love me. Maybe they don't care about me. Maybe your husband didn't get you a, a flower for Valentine's Day and your mind is running away with you saying, my goodness, this guy can't even get me a flower. Amen? You ever stop and think maybe somebody's going through something? Maybe there's a trial going on in somebody's life and, and, and they're not acting the way that they should be acting at that very time. Number one, self-discipline and good habits. I want to talk about that for just a moment. Because we need self-discipline. We need good habits in our life. And part of self-discipline is being consistent in the area of responsibility. Being consistent in the area of responsibility and developing good habits uh, such as, as I mentioned just a moment ago, coming to church. Hallelujah. I'm so proud that you're here tonight. Amen. I'm not talking about the ones that aren't here or the ones watching online. That's okay. They couldn't be here tonight. But guess what? We are here tonight. Uh, we came to this place, uh, and this is an area of self-discipline in all of our lives. Well, I didn't really want to be here tonight, but here I am. Well, glory to God you made it. And we're glad to have you tonight, amen? If you're visiting this place tonight, I'll tell you, I, I take advantage of these opportunities. I get to preach, hallelujah. I let it fly, amen? Pastor Blake, come home and he'll correct me if I need to be corrected. Glory to God. And I will receive it, amen? Another one is a daily time of prayer where you get down and where you sit with God and you talk to God. But, you know, sometimes we put so many stipulations on God. We put too many hardships on our own life, and we say, I have got to pray 10 hours or I'm not saved. Let me tell you something. That is hogwash. You don't have to pray 10 hours to be saved. Okay? 
That's not what it takes. It takes having a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and to acknowledge him as your Lord and Savior, and that's what it means to be saved. You say, well, can I lose my salvation? Absolutely, you can lose your salvation. Do you stop believing in God? No, everybody believes in God in this world. You ever been on the basketball court, out on the football field? They believe in God. You know, they stub their toe, they believe in God. They use his name in vain. They know who he is. And, you know, my neighbor, she told me she's not listening. She don't want to listen. But she told me one time, she's agnostic, and she told me this. She said, I, 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 she was talking to me, and she was complaining about something, and she used God's name. And I said, wait a minute. You do believe in God. And it was fast. I mean, it was so fast in conversation. She just said something about God. And, and I, I, matter of fact, I think she cussed. And I said, you do believe in God. You used his name. Well, I didn't really use it the right way, she said. And I didn't correct her because I know where she stands in her life. I know what she is, but God is using me and my family as an instrument to win this lady to Jesus. Amen? She, don't, she does not like dogs, but she loves our dogs. And I'll tell you the sense of humor that God has is, is God, uh, he, so one of her friends called her up. And here's how God works. Watch this. It, it's not always, sometimes it's painful how God works. Listen to this story. This woman, called. I called her one day, and I said, I need to park my car. She lets me park in her driveway, and uh, she didn't answer me, and I was kind of worried about it. But we got to talking when she finally responded. She said, uh, I got a dog. I said, wow, you got a dog. She said, yeah, one of my good friends, uh, she's getting older, and she's got some back problems. She can't take care of her dog anymore. So she said, her, my friend called me and asked me if I'd keep her dog for her, and I'd just, you know, if, I, if I'd like to just keep her dog. She said, I didn't want to keep her dog, but I wanted to help my friend and keep her dog. And so she says, now I'm stuck with the dog, but I love this dog. I'm starting to love him. And I said, well, praise God. That's awesome. She says, but you want to know something? I feel led to tell you this story. This is the Holy Ghost working behind the scenes on somebody that doesn't believe in God. And she says, you want to know a, a story? She says, you haven't seen me in a while. And I said, you know, I haven't seen you in quite a while. I've been wondering what's going on. She says, you won't believe this, but I went to pick up this dog from this lady's house. And I was bringing all, I put the dog in the truck and in the car, and, I, and I'm pulling all the stuff out of the house, and I'm walking through the garage. She said, and I did not see the step that leads from the, garage, from the house into the garage. She said, and I fell, and I landed, and I hit my head on the wall. I said, oh, my goodness, are you okay? I said, let me, let me just tell you this. I said, I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to ask God to heal you and to help you get through this. And, and she says, well, and she stopped, and she goes, it's pretty interesting, and she stops, and she's paused, and, and there's dead space there, and I know she's thinking about God. I know she's being careful not to use God's name to me in a good way, like God healed me. God helped me get through this. She said something happened. She says, when I hit my head, I, I didn't think nothing of it. It was painful, and my hand started to twitch a little bit. She said, I just thought it was my dad had the twitch, and she said, I just figured I was getting like my dad. I'm getting older. She says, but I began to think it's a coincidence that after the fall, I start to twitch in my hand. She said, the next day, I'm sitting at the table eating breakfast, and, you know, her and her husband, you know, I, he's, he's like a grouchy old geezer, you know. He's a good guy, but he, he doesn't, they don't really talk. And he walks up to her that morning in the kitchen, and he stares at her, and he says to her, he said, Sue, he says, you're not going to work today. And she looks up at him, and she said, are you crazy? What are you talking about? He says, you're not going to work today. He said, she said, why not? He says, because I'm taking you to the emergency room. Because she began to say something to him, and she couldn't get her words out. They were, it was just words of slurring and, and, and babble. She couldn't get it out. 
He got her in the car, took her down to the hospital. She had a brain tumor that she didn't know she had. And, and, and I said, and the whole time she's telling me this, I said, let me tell you something. God uh, did a miracle by letting you fall on that day. And this, this diagnosis, you would have never known. She says, well, I'm starting to believe that. Woo, down in my spirit, I'm like, oh, yes, Lord. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, God. You wonder why I can't jump very good. I need to go to the doctor, too. <laughs> oh, by the way, I want to let you know I do have a doctor's appointment for my surgery on March 12th. So praise God. Yeah. I don't like soup. I like steak, okay? I don't. I'm just kidding. My wife's going to take good care of me. Hallelujah. And this woman began to speak positively about the things that happened in her life without mentioning that God did a miracle. It turned out, and oh, and I remember I said something about her haircut. I said, wow, you got a haircut. You know, you put your foot in your mouth in mysterious ways. She says, yeah, I didn't have much of a choice. And she shows me this scar that goes from here all the way across to the other side of her head. But I don't mind putting my foot in my mouth sometimes. Because at that particular time, it was necessary to open this conversation. And God's doing a miracle in this woman's life. Even Pastor Jones was able to talk to her while he was with us. And I mean, I'm telling you, God is doing something amazing. But this woman is, is doing much better, and God's doing a miracle. Listen, people can run, but they cannot hide from God. He said, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro. Listen, God is watching. God is helping. God is moving. God is orchestrating all the time. Hallelujah. All he's waiting is for an obedient man and woman and child. Hallelujah. To do his will and to serve him and to give him glory and to give him praise. Hallelujah. And I think that's why I'm still around here is because I just love to give God praise. Hallelujah. I love to give God glory for everything. I'm nobody. Hallelujah. But all these things, the daily time of reading the Bible, getting a job and being faithful to work. I didn't cuss. Get a job. We need to get a job. Hallelujah. I don't care if it's working two jobs, McDonald's in the morning and Subway in the afternoon. Glory to God. Let's get a job and pay some bills. Amen. Being a part of a ministry in our church. Getting involved, letting God use us, to, uh, the, the, the discipline to take care of ourselves uh, and the things that God has given us, like our cars and our homes. Man, I just got convicted. That honeydew list is going to start getting scratched on a little bit. Amen. The discipline to manage our money properly. Amen. You know, that money God gives you isn't yours. He gave it to you to be an administrator of what he has given you. And he's taking good notes on it, amen? Listen, I know people that, you know, they'll order three meals just so they can get something that's in one meal and just pick it out and put it in the good meal and leave the old one there. I know people, that, that is not being a good steward of your money. You know, when you're drinking 10 sodas a day, that's not a good steward. If Linda Polk could get delivered from drinking soda, anybody can get delivered from drinking soda, amen? I had to tease her so bad, that was a good one. But nobody said amen to that. Hallelujah. <laughs> Linda, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I'm wrong. <laughs> Number two, self-discipline and resisting evil. I've known Linda for 23 years. Her and Ray, when they gave their life to Jesus, they put up with me for that long already. Hallelujah. And they're good people. Their kids are our family and wonderful people. I can tease her all day long, and she's, she's got thick skin. Hallelujah. Self-discipline. Number two, self-discipline and resisting evil evil. You see, the power to overcome evil comes from the victory that Jesus Christ himself won on the cross. 
Did you hear what I said tonight? It comes from Jesus, all the victory from the cross when he defeated all powers of darkness, hallelujah, by getting up on that cross and giving his life for you and every person and me and every single one of us in this place. I'm so grateful for it, hallelujah. He's a good God, amen. Luke chapter 10, verse 19, it said, here's the proof. It says, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. Woo, that make a mummy want to shout, glory to God. You have power. You don't have to worry about your problems anymore. You don't have to worry about what's about to come or the bills that need to be paid at the end of the month. All you got to do is have the power to tread over serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you, glory to God. That means when you go into that school and you got all them cussing teenagers and, and all them kids that don't have Jesus in their lives because their mama and daddy don't go to church, uh, let me tell you something. You can be the light in the world. Uh, you can walk in that place and just let them know that Jesus loves them. It doesn't have to be with words. Uh, it can be with the Spirit of God that is alive in you. Hallelujah. That's how God works. Amen. Another area of discipline in our life is the ability to say no and control yourself. To be able to say no and control yourself, your decisions. It is true that no person will ever overcome sin without faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross to defeat sin. Without that, we have no power in our lives. That's the power that we need. However, there is much to be said for some good old-fashioned self-discipline. Let me tell you something. There are several areas that you and I both, we need to exercise discipline in these areas of our life. And I'm going to give them to you in just a minute. Number one is the discipline of our own big mouth. Write it down just like that. Underline big. Amen. James 1.26, it says this, If anyone among you thinks he is religious and, and, and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. That's a powerful scripture right there. We're hearing from God in this. See, we cannot say anything that we want to say anytime we want to say it just because it pops into our mind. We can't just, uh, you know, shout something out to offend somebody just because it's the first thing that hit us uh, and we have to have self-control. It does not mean because you thought it, it has to come out of your mouth. This is an area of my life where I've learned a lot, where I can't just say what I'm thinking. Hallelujah. I've got to really restrain myself and, and, and have control. And how much trouble would we save ourselves if we just learned to be quiet? If we would just learn to shut our mouth when, 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 when it's, it's not worth it. I remember a time when, you know, my cousin, I, I felt so bad. I was a young teenager, and she was a gymnast, and she was jumping all around the park, and I was tired of watching her. And I'll tell you what, I grabbed a ball that was on the ground, and I threw it from here to that wall over there. And I, while she was in the middle of a somersault, I hit her leg, and I'm telling you what, it threw her off. They had to take her to the hospital. I felt so bad. That's no different than what I'm talking about, having a big mouth. It's, I reacted to something without even thinking. And you know what? Every family reunion, every time anybody in the family talks uh, about that side of the family or me, they bring that story up that I'm just such a bad person because I made, I hurt her, and I did. But I've already asked Jesus to forgive me. Glory to God. I'm set free and delivered from it. Amen. 
But that's what I'm talking about, where we do things that aren't right, where we say things that are incorrect. You're in the middle of a fight, and you say something that is so cunning and hurting, and it, just, and it destroys relationships because you did not take a moment to think about what you're about to say. Amen? Get yourself in a good fight that way. I told the story about my wife one time. We were, we were uh, visiting somebody in a, in a um, Smoothie King restaurant, and the guy gets out. He's a big old muscly dude. And I'm trying to back out of a fight. I'm, I'm seriously, I'm walking like this. I had just fallen out of my truck uh, before we went down to the conference. And, and here we are. I'm limping all over. My back's hurting. This guy gets out of his truck all because he wanted my parking spot. And I'm trying to back up, and he gets in my face, and I'm looking up at this guy like this, and we're face-to-face -face getting ready to go. And I got to open the service that night in the conference, in the pastor's conference. And I'm standing there with this guy face to face and, 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 you know, I'm telling him his breath stinks and he's drunk and he's, you know, I'm telling him all this stuff in his face. And finally he starts to walk away from me and my wife jumps in on this guy and here he comes back at me. I'm like, my goodness, I was almost free. I was about to get away here and now you're going to get me in a fight. And so I walked away and let her knock him down. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't. She didn't do that. I promise you. Praise God. Matthew says something pretty interesting. We need, well, first of all, we need to discipline our thoughts. Number three, the discipline of our own temper and our reactions. Oh, I don't have a temper, Pastor. Well, praise God you don't. But listen, people have tempers. Amen? We need to be delivered from that. Proverbs 16, 32, it says, He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Ecclesiastes 7, 9, it says this, Do not hasten in your spirit to be angry, for anger rests in the bosom of fools. You see, sometimes the devil, and not just the devil, but sometimes the devil, and sometimes people, they know how to push a button. They know how to get you right where they know how to get you. They push that button to send us flying off the handle, get you to say something that you didn't really want to say, or you said it and regretted saying it. And it's better to respond uh, than to react. Hallelujah. We need to respond. Uh, you know, sometimes we respond with the wrong thing instead of responding with the right thing, and we react incorrectly. Re uh, responses are, are, are calmly thought out and not sparked by rage and anger. Amen? That means we have to have some self-control. We've got to be able to make the right decision. Reactions are just that, a quick and hasty, a spontaneous reaction to something that someone said or something that someone did to you. And boom, we blow up. It didn't go right. Man, I'll tell you what, you can never overcome those areas of your life. They're hard to overcome. Number four, the discipline we need to have over our own flesh. You know, another definition is of, of without self-control is to be powerless. We have no self-control. That means we are powerless to overcome any situation that we're confronted with, whether it's a good situation or a bad one. I've seen people talk about their blessing so much and, and respond incorrectly to that where, where it just hit them in the face, where now everybody wants what they have. I've seen many different things. So it has, it has been said that we will only have as much authority over the devil as we have over our own flesh. You're only going to have enough authority over the devil as you do of your own flesh. So if you can't control who you are, 
If you can't control what you do and how you talk and if you can't back it up, let me tell you something. This life out there is tough. It's a tough world. We got testimonies in this place all over the place where, you know what, we know what it's like to have to go uh, fist to cuff with somebody. It's not a fun thing. And, and, and you get older, it's definitely not fun. We got to give those days up. We're not kids anymore. We're out there being silly in the streets and fighting everybody. Amen? Some Christians are almost totally powerless over the devil because they have no self-control in their own personal life. I'm talking about men and women of God, children of God. Uh, they have no self-control over these things in their life. Uh, and, and before you know it, uh, it, it's a mess. No control over their flesh. No control over their mouth. No control over their decisions. No control over what they eat and what they, what they do and things that they do. So we need to understand today that the devil is a liar. The devil wants to destroy every single person in this place today. He wants to plant seeds in your life to get you to react. Uh, as Pastor and I were talking, Pastor Jones and I were talking this weekend, and, and you know, we talked about false evidence, fear, false evidence appearing real. Sometimes we're so afraid of things to come, but we're not afraid of the things that we're doing. We're not afraid of what, what the, 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 the things that we are causing in other people's lives. And, and one of the most important things, I, uh, our musicians can go ahead and come. I'm not going to go much longer tonight because I feel the Holy Ghost stopping me. But I do want to say this tonight. You know, David Wilkerson preached a message, and, and I'll tell you what, it's so powerful. It's, it's talking about the dry bones in, in, in Ezekiel and, and all through Ezekiel, Ezekiel 37 and different places like that. And matter of fact, pastor just preached on it not too long ago. But, you know, David Wilkerson was ministering, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'm building a message. I want to build a message on it, but I'm going to just go ahead and say this, and we'll preach it again later. But, you know, it's amazing to, uh, how he illustrated this sermon, how he was talking about how, how here in Ezekiel chapter 37, 37, we think it's just, you know, dry bones that are whatever it is, just a dry bone, just a dead bone. But it's, these are dead bones sitting in the church. These are dead bones that are sitting under good preaching. These are dead bones uh, that, that have no life to them anymore, but they believe in God. They know God, but they're not living for God. Amen? So we look at the dead bones and say, oh, man, this city's dead. Everything around it, it's desolate, it's hard, it's, it's, there's no life to it. But no, he's talking to you and I as church people, people who know better, and we're just living our lives like, like there's no respect for the things of God. And we can't say we've never heard it in the church. Uh, pastor preaches on it every single service, uh, every week. Uh, he's telling us how we got to get serious about the things of God uh, and put religion behind, uh, put doctrine behind, uh, and start serving God, living for God, making wise decisions. Uh, and I'm going to add to it, having self-control in our lives uh, to bless God. Hallelujah. Don't you think that God wants to be blessed? Don't you think that God wants to be proud of who we are, not just that we've acknowledged him as our Lord and Savior? That's a wonderful thing that we do that. And that's the most important thing is that we acknowledge him as our Lord and Savior. We're going to heaven for that. But God wants you to please him. God wants you to live for him. That means, you know, when we're, when we're, when we're dating, we get married. It's not a bad word, I promise you. I told somebody in South Dallas the other day, I said, do you love her? He said, yes. I said, do you love him? She goes, yeah. It's not worth it to live together and, and, and pay the price uh, because it's not just damaging you right here on this earth, but you're hurting God. Because God's commandment says uh, to the dry bone, he says, get up. Get up, dry bone. Serve me, dry bone. 
Live for me. Make a fool of yourself for me, he says. Because I'll guarantee you every person in this place that was bound by sin and, and bound by the devil, when you live for the devil, I'll tell you what, you did it to the best of your ability. Well, I didn't really do it. No, you know what I'm saying. And God's saying it's time to get serious. It's time to have self-control. It's time to have some wisdom and understanding and some discipline in your life so that God can be pleased with you. Let me tell you something. It looks, you can look around in churches even, in this church. You say, man, they look like they've got the most amazing relationship. My wife and I, we have a great relationship. Pastor and his wife, they have a great relationship. There's many more that do. But it's because we put God first in our lives. And, and I'm not saying that you don't. I'm saying that we need to do that. We need to be there. We all have an example to follow. Amen? My wife's daddy and her mama, they've been married for, what did they say, 50-some 50, 50 years? I can't even keep track of all the years. Hallelujah. But I'll tell you what, that man's so full of God. Everywhere he goes, he's casting out devils. He's judo chopping the devil. Glory to God. He's calling them out. He said, come to me. I'll preach. I'll, I'll, I'll lay hands on the sick. We were talking about countries that he'd been to. And all he could talk about in every one of those countries. Oh, he said, when I was over here in this country, he told my boys, he said, when I was here in this country, he said, a blind man got healed. He said, a man that couldn't see out of a socket was able to see out of that socket. He said, I covered that eye up and he could see out of the bad eye with no eyeball in it, just a socket. He prayed. He was telling us another one where he was praying. The whole guy's arm, uh, I think it was from his elbow out, grew out of his arm. Some of you, if you've seen that, you'd be like, Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. but that's what God does. It's not the man. I told the story of, of, of we went to Africa not too long ago. We were there. We get off the plane. They, they, they got us way out in the tarmac out there, and they're, they're making us walk. And I've got my bags and his bags, and I'm carrying them through there. And I'm telling you, we get to the tent, you know, the COVID tent. You know what the COVID tent is? They grabbed that big old cotton swab, and they were getting ready to shove it up his nose. And he grabbed it out of that lady's hand. He went, mm, on the outside of his nose and gave it back to her. She looked at him and like, are you crazy? She was not going to put that cotton swab in his nose. He went all the way around his nose like this and handed it right back to her. And I said, okay, you did it. I'm going to do it too. And I'm around. I give back. And you know what? After we did that, let, this is what we're talking about. Treading on serpents and scorpions. Having the power of God. Oh, you, you, you really going to do that to me? No, you, you take power. You take authority in Jesus' name. And the moment that we did that, guess what happened? Some man at the very end of that tent was sitting in the, the guy way up there was stamping all the passports and all the, the COVID and all the tests and all the yellow fever stamp. All, I mean, I'm telling you what, it's a whole bunch of stamping going on. This man stands up way back there at a the table and he starts yelling, Papa, Papa Jones, Papa Jones. Now we're, he's looking, he said, hold on, hold on, hold on to your stuff. I mean, we're, he, he's pretty savvy. He said, hold on, hold on. And that man came running through that crowd, got all the way down to the, to the front where we were, way at the back of the line, hanging out of the tent almost. And that man comes up and he says, and he falls down before him. And he, and he starts to bow, and pastor's like, no, 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 no. And the guy stands there, and the guy falls to his knees. He said, 15 years ago, he said, is your name Pastor Ron Jones? He said, yes, it is. He said, 15 years ago, I saw you in this same airport. He said, my father was dying of cancer. 
He said he had an evil report. He said the doctor said there was no hope. This man, my father was going to die, and there was no hope. Uh, he said, and, 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 and you said, I'll pray for him. Where is he at? He says, he's not here, but I'll pray. He said, you prayed for him, and my father got healed. God healed his body. Let me tell you something. When you taste the goodness of God, you don't want to go back. You don't want to play with the devil. You don't want to play with sin. You don't want to dabble in anything that has to do with the devil in this world. That man said, sir, thank you, thank you, thank you. He said, my dad is still alive today. Healed of cancer. No sickness in his body. is still alive and well. He said, both of you come with me. They came. He called other men on. They grabbed our bags, took us straight through. And Pastor Jones is still, hold, watch him bags, watch him bags. They took us through that place, stamped our everything we needed stamped, took us into the airport, took us all the way in there. He reached his hand. He told that woman, stamp these papers right now. And I'm talking the important people of Africa are standing behind those gates. He walked us through all of that thing. And we get in there, and that man, that woman got mad, and she threw the paperwork back through the window, underneath that little window back at him. And he got mad at her. He shoved that paperwork back in there, grabbed the stamp, and started stamping things himself. I'm telling you. And on that other side of the gate, when we got over, they had somebody to escort us all the way to where we needed to go. All those people in that line were thinking, who in the world are these guys? You know, I was like, yeah, yeah, this feels good, boy. Where are we at here? This is good, man. But I'm going to tell you what, there's power in the things of God. When you're bold, when you're thirsty, when you're hungry for God, let me tell you something. God is not done with you yet. God is just getting started. Hallelujah. Oh, I'll tell you what. He has prophesied over you. You've had prophecies. You've had things. People have spoken over your life. I want you to believe it today. The promises of God are not dead. Hallelujah. They are still alive. And God is going to do great and mighty things through every one of us in this place. Come on. Give the Lord praise tonight. Amen. Let's give him glory. Hallelujah. If I could have every head bowed and every eye closed in this place tonight. In reverence to the Lord, I thank God for an opportunity to minister His Word. It doesn't just please Him, but it cleanses me. It cleanses me. You're in the right place. When you come to church and you come down here and you pray and you walk away from this altar, you have a decision to make in your life. Am I going to continue living the same life I've always lived or am I going to make a decision to please God? I've made my decision. I'm going to please God in every aspect of my life. And if I sin against God, I'm going to ask him to forgive me of every sin, every thought. I don't want to be disrespectful. I want to please God my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you're in this place tonight, in respect to the Lord, your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, but you're here tonight, you say, Pastor, I'm not right with the Lord. Maybe you're watching online tonight, and you're sitting there. Maybe you're watching it next week or next month, but you say, I am not right with the Lord, and tonight I want to give my life to Jesus. Just lift your hand up right now. Put it up. Put it right back down. I want to pray for you tonight. How many all over this place? Praise God. I see these hands. How many more? Just put it up and put it down. Listen, God will be pleased. God will help you. He's going to help you change. You cannot change alone. There's not one person in this place tonight that has changed on their own power. It takes God and what he's done on Calvary's cross for us to be set free tonight. How many more? Just put your hand up and put it right back down. I want to pray for you. This is serious business here. 
This is serious. Amen. I see these hands. Praise God. Praise God. How many more? I want to wait on the Holy Spirit for just a moment. How many more? You're here. You say, Pastor, I, I battle with this area of, of, of self-discipline. Sometimes it gets me in a mess. It gets me in trouble. It gets, but sometimes I, I lose my mind. I, 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 you know, maybe you cuss. Maybe, maybe, you, maybe you just start talking bad about things, and you're not really sure, and doubt begins to kick in. It, maybe, if that's you tonight, just be, be obedient to the Holy Spirit tonight. Just put your hand up if you would, because I want to pray for you. I see these hands. Praise God. Praise God. Don't be afraid. Just put it up. You say, I have troubles dealing with, with me sometimes, my self-discipline, my, my, the way I handle things. Listen, God wants to heal you tonight. He wants to deliver you. Let's all stand to our feet if we would tonight. You raised your hand tonight. I want you to do one more thing. I want you to come down to this altar. I want to pray for you. If you just come down here, don't be afraid. Just come on down. Stand right here in the front. Amen. You know, I've answered, I've answered thousands and thousands and thousands of altar calls. Praise God. Come on. Young man, you raise your hand. Come on down here. Come on. You know, when we surrender to God, when we surrender completely to the Lord, I'm telling you, you know, some, some need salvation tonight. We're going to pray for that. We're all going to pray together. But I believe there's more in this place tonight. You'd battle with self-discipline. You say, oh, no, I read my Bible every day. I, I read it every time at 7 o'clock in the morning every day. I read it. No. We'd be lying if we said we do it every single day of our life. But you know what? That ain't going to make us saved. It's going to help you grow. Getting saved is giving your life to Jesus, surrendering to him as your Lord and your Savior. But reading the Word is going to feed you. It's better than any cheeseburger I've ever had, I'll tell you that. Uh, we were reading this morning. We, were, we, we call it revelating in our family. That's what we call it. Every morning we're sitting out there. My wife, I can hear her and her dad out there. I got to sneak by real, real quiet so I can go over and get some coffee before they call me in there. And sneak on by so I can go do my own devotion. So I can go and pray and I can go see what I got, do what I got to do. But let me tell you something. It's important. And I'm so thankful that my wife is spiritual. My wife has a, an amazing relationship with God. Sometimes it's so amazing that I get convicted. I love that. It, it pushes me. Amen? But she still lets me be the boss. Hallelujah. Because she read that in the book too. Praise God. But I love God's Word. I, I, I love it. I need it in my life. You take a translation, like right now, we're reading out of a translation. It's the most amazing. If you ever want to know what it is, you can come and ask me. But I'll tell you what, it's the most amazing translation. And it's, it's, it's as close as you can get in the translated version of, of, of the Hebrew and the Greek. And I'm telling you, it's powerful, the way it speaks to you. And you know, if you'll just take God's word, word by word, and let it read you, let me tell you something, it'll change your life. You won't want to have anything to do with the world. You'll want nothing to do but, but with God. Amen? You'll want God. You'll want his presence. You'll want his authority in your life. Amen? Let's pray. Let's ask God. Let's all repeat this prayer after me. If you're watching online tonight, pray with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I invite you into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins, every sin, great or small. I surrender it to you right now. I leave it at your feet, Lord, and I ask you to forgive me. Break every bondage of sin in my life. I take authority right now in your name, Jesus. 
that I am saved. I am delivered. And I take authority over every bondage of sin. And I tread over serpents and scorpions in the name of Jesus. Lord, change me today. Set me free today. Deliver me today. And from this very moment forward, I'll never be the same. I will serve you with my whole heart. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Give him praise tonight. Hallelujah. Stay right here at this altar for just a few minutes. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I want to challenge us tonight. I'm going to open this altar. I want you all to come down and just get a hold of God. But I want to challenge you to ask God, Lord, if there's anything unclean in my life, Lord, take it from me. Matter of fact, don't say take it from me. Say, God, I give it to you. I surrender it to you, Lord. Because you know what? We, we look good on the outside, but you know, God's dealing with us about some things. You're in this place tonight. You know, you, you really have to get a hold of some things because you, you're living a life that might not be too disciplined. And, and you know what? Pastor would tell you the same, but Pastor and I, there's days we have to discipline our own self. We got to really get a hold of God and say, God, change me. I'm tired of being the same old cuss that I've always been in my life. Amen. Don't you ever just get tired of just being the same old person? Don't you think that God is calling you to a higher place? Don't you think that God is, is calling you to be fanatic about the things of God? You know, we see it on news. We see it on, on um, oh, come on, help me. The social media pages, whatever they're called, I get them all mixed up and I get in trouble for it. But it's, uh, Instagram and Facebook and then the other one, um, TikTok. You see them on there. You see all these kids in these, in these universities and they're, they're, there's a revival and all of a sudden two weeks later it's gone cannot fabricate a revival. You can't fabricate, but guess what? You can talk to the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? Did you know that you can pray to the Holy Spirit and you can tell the Holy Spirit to move? Did you know that? People say, oh, no, the Holy Spirit is part of God. It is. It's God, the Holy Spirit, and, and Jesus all in one. Listen, we got the triune God, but you know that you can say, come on, Holy Spirit, move in this place. Oh, Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. And you know what? He'll begin to move. He began to change. He began to pierce the heart. He began to transform that mind and get you thinking in a different way. Listen, there's nothing in this world that I desire. You say, well, you don't desire a boat, a car, a house. You know what? They're all wonderful. But if my wife had her choice, we'd be in a horse and a wagon. It wouldn't be so bad. Gas wouldn't be so expensive. But you know what? Let me tell you something. This world's coming to something pretty serious. And if God's not number one, then guess what? We're in trouble. So I want to challenge you tonight. Put God number one in your life tonight. Amen? Let's challenge. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.